What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of many parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology and happy Valentine's times. Today, I thought that we'd look at a different type of love. Platonic love between species. That's right, we're looking at some cross-species cuddles, some dynamic duos, and truly unusual friendships within the animal kingdom. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, is it fun to suck on a shark? So, let's take a trip down to Imagination Station. Imagine you're a tiny, adorable, helpless frog living in Peru. You're smaller than a leaf. You're dwarfed by the many large creatures who want to devour you. Carefully, you make your way across the leafy forest floor, flinching at every sound. Your tiny legs can't carry you too fast. You can hop all right, but not enough to outrun a swift predator. So you waddle around, gingerly searching for ants, doing your best impression of a dead leaf so you don't get hassled. You're munching on a particularly tasty ant when, if you had hairs on the back of your neck, which you don't, you're a frog, but you'd feel them prickle. Suddenly, in a flash, two huge black hairy legs grab you and lift you into a set of gigantic hairy mandibles. This creature tastes you, tossing you around in its jaws like a breath mint. You can feel its pedipalps clamp down on you and... you go. You look up and realize it's your best friend in the whole wide world, a giant tarantula. She invites you into her den and you two share a cozy day together. The end. <laughs> that ended so much nicer than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, usually the imagination stations end with 
a horrible death, but yeah. this time it's friendship. Well, how else is a friendship supposed to start unless one of you winds up wholly in the other's mouth? Well, that's kind of how I make all my friends. Of course. Speaking of which, joining me today is comedian, <laughs> writer, and actor Blake Wexler. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you having for me. Thank you for coming in. I mean, I think we're friends. I yeah. haven't tried to, like, devour you, though. That's the thing. It's no, like, no, no. And that's um, been very respectful and right. kind of you. Well, to be fair, I mean, you know, I, I it's the what's going on with these tarantulas is it was testing to see whether this frog was food or friend. Right. And that I, almost sounded like a very ignorant thing you were about <laughs> to say if you subbed in any other demographic. Like, what's going on with these goddamn tarantulas <laughs> and their hairy legs? <laughs> These tarantulas. Let me Ugh. tell you about them. They're a nice species, and I think they should be preserved. Oh, very nice. Oh, you're very progressive. <laughs> so tarantulas and narrow-mouthed frogs have formed an unusual alliance in Peru, Sri Lanka, India, and possibly elsewhere. Oh. I know that's pretty generic, but we just, I mean, this is kind of a newly discovered relationship, so scientists right. aren't sure how far-reaching this is. These narrow-mouthed <laughs> frogs, it's like, can you use their proper name, please, sir? Okay, they're uh, microhylidae, is that Oh, better? very well. Yeah, very, very well. You've done very well so far. So, yeah, it is funny how you have the scientific name microhylidae and then the unofficial or not unofficial but the what would you colloquial call colloquial uh, layman's terms layman's which is terms. so offensive I, I know i didn't i wasn't trying to go with layman's terms because it's if you're lay you're gonna love this term <laughs> right but the more casual one which is so it's like microhylidae and then casually narrow mouth frogs it's like so <laughs> insulting there has to be a middle yeah. ground it's like it's like Philippidae and the squinty-eyed stink beast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's never any in between. It's always this like fancy Latin, and then and then the poo-butted, right. gross mud kelp. The illiterate red beetle. <laughs> Ugly butt. <laughs> well, so the the microhylidae, these little tiny frogs, form this friendship with these tarantulas. And when they meet each other, the interaction starts out kind of tense. So the giant tarantula grabs the humming. Oh, sorry. These there is a specific species of microhylidae. Um, called a humming frog. So that's Ooh, a nicer name. That's very nice. Right. Yeah. So they'll grab the humming frog or any of these species of microhylidae. They'll move it around in its pedipalps. And the pedipalps are the little tiny legs out in front of its mm. mouth. And then kind of like move it around in its mandibles. And it's like doing this checking of it. And it makes this calculation of like, wait a minute, this is my friend frog. Like, this is a species of frog that I am friends with. Right. And then it puts it down uh, delicately. And uh, the frog is like, hey, buddy, like, you know, good to see you. And just Can we skip this part going forward <laughs> but my friend? This like, happens every time. Like, a simple you know, handshake. I, I, look, I, I do appreciate your company. I would maybe like it if next time you could just send me a text and not put me in your mouth and your stinky gross mouth full of dead flies and stuff. <laughs> a polite nod would suffice. <laughs> right. Like, you know, a fist bump. Could we? Do that yeah. fist bump maybe instead no going in the mouth again all right i went to your daughter's all 800 of your daughter's weddings for christ's sake so you don't have to do this every time so there are actually multiple species of tarantulas and the microhylidae frogs that are friends but let's start with the dotted humming frogs which is a specific species in peru 
who have worked their way into the hearts of at least a couple tarantula species. The exact identity of the tarantulas is kind of uh, under debate, but reports have named either the Colombian lesserback tarantula, which is a really pretty black tarantula with, it's kind of near the base of its legs, near its abdomen. It's got these like pink splashes of color. And then there's also the chicken spiders, which is a type of- They're (laughs) cowards. They're cowards. Well, actually they're (laughs) called chicken spiders because they are rumored to carry off baby chicks. I, I think that might be apocryphal, though. I think a baby chick might be a little too big for these guys. Although it could it could happen occasionally. I just don't think they make a habit of it because right. that seems kind of like a quite a mouthful for these guys. They, they do grow up to about th- a three-inch diameter, so they can be quite big, mm-hmm. but still they're not like monsters. Right. The, the humming frog, uh, to give you a sense of it, it's like this little tiny guy. It's body is about half an inch long, so the spiders are over three times its size. Here's a very cute picture of the Whoa. tarantula, and you see the little tiny frog just hanging <sighs> out under the tarantula, happily sitting together. Yeah. Just totally relaxed because it's got its big buddy with it. That is, it, it defies like logic. Right. Seeing it. Right. If you saw this photo, you would think that That's it's prey. like, the, yeah, that the spider has snuck up behind this this little frog. But if you, you see a video of it, you actually will see the little frog like turn around, see the spider, be like, oh, hey, buddy, and then hop under it, like like snuggle up close to it. It's, right. it's really cute. It looks like a scene from Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to go <laughs> on. I don't want to spoil it. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it'd be like if in Lord of the Rings, I mean, remember when Frodo was really stupid, the entire set of movies where he like, it's like, uh-oh, spider webs. And he's like just wiggling around, flailing yeah. around, getting more spider webs on him. And then what's it? What was the spider's name again? Uh, Shalab. Shalab. Tony yeah. Shalab. <laughs> Tony Shalab. Hey, Frodo, what you doing here? <laughs> right, right. Hey, Frodo, what you? Hey, it's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like yeah, if Shalab was like, hey, what's up, little friend? You wanna you wanna hang out together? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so here's what these two guys get out of this relationship. So the frog obviously gets a huge intimidating friend to protect it from other predators. So you have this tiny appetizing looking frog and then it's got this huge spider friend, this tarantula that is, you know, kind of menacingly cracking its knuckles. It doesn't have knuckles, no. but it's like kind of pounding one leg into the other. Like There'd be a, a lot of knuckles. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> each joint would probably have a knuckle. Right. <laughs> Weird Just cracking <laughs> all of its joints. <laughs> right. But what does the the spider get out of it? Like that seems less intuitive. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's actually quite interesting because these little frogs will protect the spider's eggs from ants. So huh. the spider lays eggs and one of the main threats to these eggs are ants who will come and attack them and carry them off or eat them. And the spider or the tarantula is quite big so it's harder for it to target ants i mean Mm -hmm. like when you think about like catching ants it's hard to get all of the ants when you're a big creature but with the tiny frogs they love to eat ants and they're small so they can just like zoop 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 like find all the ants and get them before they get to the eggs so basically they have the spiders have an adorable little babysitter the frogs have a huge friend that will protect them and they hang out together and they like will 
like a spider will pop out of a den and then you'll see a tiny little frog face and he'll pop out of the <laughs> den too and they'll like kind of be close together. It's it's adorable. I love that. It's like Milo and Otis, but yeah. a spider and a, a frog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I I love, I don't know, I just, I love that friendship. I, I think it's, it, it also, it humanizes the spiders a bit, the tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Normally we think of tarantulas as these just murderous murder beasts. Right. Mini-legged murder beasts. And they are, to be fair, but they, they've got a heart. They've got a soft spot for these little for frogs. For these little frogs. And researchers, I mean, researchers are insane what they wanted to see yeah why no why know anything (laughs) stop (laughs) researching uh, i mean you might agree with me once i tell this story (laughs) but uh they skinned the the little frogs and then tied their skins to another species of frogs that the spot the tarantulas yeah see what i mean (laughs) so so they like turned these frog these uh, this different species of frogs that the tarantulas actually love to eat and they put the skin on of the humming frogs that they're are their friends and made these like buffalo bill ed Gein frogs and the tarantulas like looked them over did the same thing like you know kind of palm them over in their little pedipalps and then they're like put them down and so they're sensing something on the skin either a scent or a pattern on the skin and then they they leave them alone but that's so scary from like the spider's perspective when you think about it like like you're like oh you're my friend and then you like squint closer and then you, you there's something slightly <laughs> off it's like hey buddy what's wrong it's like sugar water <laughs> i don't think it's slightly off like i don't think these researchers have mastered yet like reupholstering a fucking frog and then in another frog's skin and then the frog is like what else can it do but play along or it's going to get eaten like it's like, oh, hey, Timmy, good to see you. Yes, I'm Timmy. Jesus. It's me. <laughs> I don't want these sick fracks to, to do that with not, my skin. not covered in another frog's skin by mysterious giants. Nope, it's fine. Well, that's a weirdly specific thing to say, but it's good to see you. Yeah, really yeah. good to see you. And also, yeah, there's no way uh, a human being would ever skin a frog <laughs> and put, maybe don't do that experiment. Oddly, maybe skip yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> At what cost do you want to know? I wonder if they do it the opposite way, where if they took the, uh, I'm going to call it the yummy frog, mm-hmm. and took its skin and put it on the friend. Oh, that's interesting. If, that's Well, even then you would almost twisted. be sentencing it to, like, to death. Yeah, that's like even more, you know, cruel. I yeah. love I love the, the sort of jigsaw-esque cruelty of it, though. It's right. kind of neat. Like, if you want to go full on, what's what's that movie called? The the uh, one with, uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Casablanca. Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise, and then it's like about... Mission Impossible? No, it's the one where they're evil and bad and do weird stuff. Uh, the the f- party one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Secrets in the Night. I forget what I it's called. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Absolutely Famous. I I'm going to cut called. all of this. because. Oh, not, I think it needs to stay in. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a movie that's bad things happen. Right. Well, Tom Cruise looks like someone who's wearing someone else's skin. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. He's it's just so like, the entertainment he's industry just doesn't a bunch need him. Of, <laughs> he's just a bunch of these frogs wearing a human skin. Right. We're a human. <laughs> We can act. Don't look him right in the eye. <laughs> He'll eat he you with his tongue. Like cleans his eyeball with his tongue. Yeah. Like, you all right, Tom? I'm fine. Yeah, I had something in my eye. 
So moving on, there's been a <laughs> viral video of a coyote and a badger working together. And I'm sure you've seen this, mm -hmm. but let's take another look at it just to refresh our memory here. Looks like something out of a Disney. <laughs> it does. I like picturing that these two guys have been walking for like five miles. Yeah. And the coyote just keeps getting, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of feet ahead. <laughs> and he finally just turns around like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Because that it badger really doesn't cute. break stride. No, it just that keeps badger waddling. just kind of waddles along and the coyote is jumping around and it looks behind. It's mm -hmm. really cute because it's looking over its shoulder going like, come on, it's badger playful. friend. We got to go. We got to go hunt some ground squirrels. And the badger's like, I'm coming. Yeah. Just oh, my God. Calm down. Come on, badger friend. We got to. <laughs> well, look, I found this giant tube made of concrete. We can go through it. See, I can dig my own tunnels. Why are we going through this it's metal? It's made out of concrete. I know. I just. I prefer dirt. <laughs> look at look, we I can run. Did you see me run? I it's did. very nice. It's very nice. You have great you have a great gait. <laughs> well, <An> excellent gait. <laughs> well, so this video is not a hoax. It was captured by the Peninsula Open Space Trust or POST, which is a nonprofit organization that protects open natural spaces in the South Bay of San Francisco, California. Hmm. And they use these remote sensor cameras to track the movements of animals and see how they travel. And they found this coyote and badger using a culvert, which is a tube of concrete under roadways that helps drain water. And they were using that culvert to safely cross the road, which I think is amazing. And I, I, lo I love this video because it is, I think it really gives you the sense of, okay, so animals sometimes form these relationships. And with a frog and a tarantula you kind of get the sense of like yeah these are like little robots who kind of do these things that are advantageous for their species mm -hmm. when you see the coyote and the badger like the coyote excitedly like jump and and go like look over at children and be like come on badger friend <laughs> i think it shows you this transition from yeah this is their partnership which i'll talk about i'll explain why they form this partnership and why it's advantageous but it can also in my opinion kind of transition into this area of they genuinely enjoy each other's company as much as an animal can like a dog enjoys your company mm -hmm. even though we've over you know thousands of years formed this mutually beneficial relationship evolutionarily speaking we also just like each other yeah so let me talk a little bit about why coyote and badger are such good friends so they are in fact, conspiring together to kill some ground squirrels. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so the coyote will often come up to a badger den. In fact, one eyewitness saw a coyote like knock on a badger's den, kind of like, like, like scratch its little paw against the entrance. And the badger comes out and it sees it's a coyote. And they set off together to a ground squirrel's set of dens and tunnels. And they will root out the ground squirrels. So the coyote and the badger have slightly different techniques for hunting ground squirrels. Mm -hmm. The coyote is a little bit faster when it comes to like snatching them up when they come out of the holes. And the badger likes to di is really good at digging. He's like, like a these drill. Are, these are yeah, yeah, exactly. And it can dig the ground squirrels up from the front of the den, and it'll just like start delving in there and so what they do is <laughs> the badgers at the den digging it up trying to get ground squirrels and the coyote watches the badger do this and he goes off and finds an exit hole from wow. the den so it finds like the the ground squirrels emergency exit 
So as the badger is getting any of the ground squirrels that try to escape out of its way, the coyote is getting any of the ground squirrels that try to get out of the emergency exit. And sometimes the badger gets a meal, sometimes the coyote gets a meal, sometimes they both get a meal because they've basically cornered these squirrels. So if the squirrel dodges the coyote by ducking back down into the exit hole, the badger is more likely to get a ground squirrel coming out its way. And if the Squirrels try to escape the badger, goes right towards the coyotes. So genius, genius, dynamic duo. Do the badgers use their big claws to like take out these ground squirrels? They both, or? both claws and and their mouths. Like right, they'll right, crunch right. down. I mean, it is a little bit horrifying to see them. I have some video of it, but but they will, <laughs> you know, the they just chew the 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 squirrels up like immediately, like. It's dinner time immediately. <laughs> you know how people have like in their homes like those uh, like picture frames you can upload like photos onto mm-hmm. them of your family. I picture in your home you, instead of photos you just have these videos <laughs> of like badgers eating off squirrels' heads. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. It's not. You know, it's more of a mental library of photos, <laughs> which which is more vivid. <laughs> the the nice person I live with probably wouldn't want photos plastered everywhere. <laughs> of dead animals. Like, Jesus. But, you know, you got to make some compromises. That's true. It's a give and take. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh it, it is an amazing relationship to witness. Uh it, and it's I love the the video you see of them because they're probably going off to go mm-hmm. on a hunt together, but it's clear they're traveling some distance together and and the coyote looks genuinely excited and it. it looks uh like it 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 really has this like fun friendship. Now it's harder to read the badger's expression. I mean, right. the bra- badger is willingly going along with the coyote, so it's got to be at least <laughs> amenable to this relationship. It's hard to measure how an excited badger, other than a badger that's like ripping your face off. But yeah, that's an excited badger. I, yeah, exactly. I do my ima- how I imagine their relationship is like the coyote's really excited, the kind of excitable one. And the badger's maybe a little more gruff and kind of aloof, but deep down, he really does love the coyote. Yeah, they're, they're buddies. They're great buddies, and he's like always kind of, he's sort of the the Nick Offerman sort of character. Yes. And then, uh, and the the coyote is sort of the 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 Leslie Nope. Uh, oh, happy go lucky. Happy go lucky. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just love I love that dynamic. It's really cute. Yeah, I'm picturing like a uh, a Tigger and Eeyore. Yeah, yeah, know, exactly. Situation. Yeah, gonna go get some ground squirrels. I get. <laughs> We're uh, gonna rip prob- their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably get them all, Coyote. <laughs> I won't get any. I don't know. I think you can rip one in half. <laughs> well, now I'm a little happy. I lost my Maybe tail. Maybe we'll kill a Do whole they have family. <laughs> badgers, yeah, badgers have little stubbly tails. Right, yeah. right. I like those. Yeah. As far as tails go, I like those. Yeah. <laughs> the stubbly. Yeah. I mean, did you you saw in the video? It, it was really cute to see them, uh, like like look at the, the little big butt little, waddle. Look at that little tuchus like Aww. walking walking off. Yeah. The like to see. I mean, I don't want to sound like a pervert, but to seeing like two <laughs> like the the little coyote and the little badger butts just like walking off in the distance together. It's very cute. Oh yeah, not perverted at all. No. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> It's very cute. There's another duo of unusual friends. Gelatas and wolves in Ethiopia coexist peacefully, which seems unlikely because they're both sort of can be a little bit pugnacious. Um, So gelatas are a type of monkey and they 
are kind of baboon-like, but they aren't actually in the same group as baboons. But they're very closely mm-hmm. related. And the the Ethiopian wolves are, they look like wolves. They actually have kind of a reddish coloration. Let me show you. Yeah. Here's the Ethiopian wolf. Oh, cool. They kind of have like a, a fox coloration. Yeah, almost. yeah. But they are, they look a little bit coyote-like, but they mm-hmm. are wolves. And then Who is this beautiful this woman? Is, this is a <laughs> gelata, and you're actually looking at a, mostly males here. Interesting. As you, evinced by their wiener that you can see. Yes. But they're, they're actually quite quite beautiful they have this like beautiful hair that just mm-hmm. looks like a like a kind of 90s style blowout yeah and then yeah. they have these red chests like and... an iron man thing on their <laughs> yeah, chest like this, yeah like this like sort of triangle shaped red chest and then a, i mean you know a, a wiener of course and and a standard four-door right. sedan wiener <laughs> <laughs> but they are a th- these gelatas are communal animals so there it's usually like a dominant male or a dominant group of males and then a bunch of females and their their po- political structure is can be complex because it's not I think I've talked about this on the show before often when you talk about dominant like alpha males and then their harem of females it's seen as this kind of like oh he rules over the females but in fact the the females can when a they can kind of vote a male out so it's like more of a democracy because Funny. if the male they don't like this male and a new group of males comes along they'll actually help the new males take over and so these it's in the <laughs> interests of these alpha males to cater to the the females desires so they'll they'll not groom get them. voted out yeah to not get voted out like they'll groom them they'll do some like canvassing you know <laughs> <laughs> so so you have this group of geladas and usually they have a lot of babies around and they're all sitting on the grass, eating the grass. They love to pick up these like tender shoots of grass. And then you'll see a wolf just kind of stalking along amongst the gelatas. And it's a very bizarre thing because none of the gelatas seem upset at all, even though it's a wolf. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of young babies, juicy little babies that would make a great snack. You can quote me out of context about that. <laughs> um, and But they aren't upset because they know that the wolves aren't after their babies. They're just after the rodents because they've learned that if they are chill and they don't, you know, mess with the gelatas, as the gelatas are plucking up grass and foraging, they actually disturb the rodents that are nesting under the ground. And the rodents will come up and be like, hey, who's that on my roof? And then boom, like a wolf, wolf. will just eat it. You know, like, who's on the rooftop? Is it Santa? No, it's a wolf and your head is gone now. <laughs> But it's it's amazing because it's an interesting, I mean, it, it is, it's an, you know, you have this predator, right? You have have this predator, the wolf, that you would not think would be so comfortable just kind of like walking around all these families sitting and yeah. picnicking out on the grass, but it, they're, they're fine. And it, it's it's kind of incredible how these animals have learned, like, you know what, like, you know, sure, like I could have a gelata baby now or I could wait and have as many rodents as I want. Twenty mice. <laughs> Twenty yeah, mice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and it is kind of it is pretty cute to see. I mean, other than like, I mean, the rodents are getting the short end of the stick this episode. I, I they understand really that. are. Yeah. But you know what are I mean? In the name of friendship, what's a few dead ground squirrels and mice and nothing? Adorable little creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, this one like reminds me of the first one in that like just intuitively. It spiders eat frogs, 
wolves eat these little like monkey things. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, the ju- the adult gelatas, to be fair, are quite big and Im- Oh, yeah, because they're like baboons, yeah, right? Yeah, um, and they, they could fight a wolf, but the wolf is not there to to harass them mm-hmm. so they just they don't attack the wolves and the wolves don't try to sneak off with the babies so right it is an interesting relationship because you do have kind of like both sides could attack each other mm-hmm. but they don't and they they have come to an agreement to screw over the rodents yes that's <laughs> a common enemy <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Have you ever been to uh, Animal Tracks? It's this wildlife sanctuary, probably 30 miles north of L.A. Oh, I have it. It's awesome. Like, it's so great where they have there's different packages, which is kind of funny in that you can get the like primate package or like the mammal package. But it's extra if you want reptiles or like spiders. Is this like so you go and visit uh, and then you. Yeah, you get to sit with them base where you pay like X amount of money and it all like goes back into the like wildlife preserve and then oh, that's great. they have it's amazing and they have um like a baboon and uh, a lemur and then they like these monkeys where they don't make them do tricks or anything right. like that's a big thing where they like just you know if they want to do something they just teach you about them mm-hmm. but then they also have kangaroos a fennec fox oh wow um, an armadillo and you get to like meet all these animals oh, and that's it's really great. really cool that's yeah a- i should go there what's it called again it's called animal tracks that's awesome yeah it's great you, oh, would, that's you great. would love it i'm so glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. actually at the end of the show i'm going to talk about an animal sanctuary in australia cool. someone contacted me contacted me about that and i was thinking man i wish i lived in australia so i could go visit but it's great we have animal tracks right here in la i'll yeah. have to go visit yeah That's i'll show awesome. you some photos later That's it's great. awesome uh-huh. humans and animals sometimes form unusual but mutually beneficial partnerships like people and dogs or people and honey guide birds haven't heard of this well greater honey guides are small birds who live in sub-saharan africa who have worked out a business partnership with people honey guides will happily lead humans to a beehive so the human gets the honey and the honey guide gets to eat all the bee larvae and beeswax left behind the honey guide will peep and trill at people to get their attention spread its tail to reveal its white patch like a guiding target and lead people to a bee's nest The bees can then be smoked out by people, and we get to collect the delicious honey. The honey guide is satisfied with eating the grubs and wax, being insectivorous, and feasts on the destroyed nest that the humans have left behind. Some communities, like the Jawa people in northern Mozambique, use whistles or calls to attract honey guides and invite them to go hunt for honey. In my opinion, the more humans team up with birds, the more unstoppable we become. When we return, we'll be looking at relationships of an intimate nature. Get your minds out of the gutter, people. I'm just talking about some sucker fish. Let's suck on some sharks. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. There are many types of symbiotic relationships animals can have. Symbiosis generally describes the relationship between two different organisms over a long period of time. Symbiotic relationships can range from parasitic, where only one party benefits and the other party is harmed or stolen from. There's commensalistic, where only one party benefits and the other party experiences neutral effects, or mutualistic, where both parties benefit. Sometimes, biologists argue over whether a relationship is mutualistic or commensalistic. So we're going to talk about some fishy business that gets right in the middle of this rather mild-mannered controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of a remora? I have not, no. A remora is a type of fish called, also called a sucker fish. It's a family of rayfin fish who spend their days riding on the backs of sharks, whales, turtles, and rays. Oh, I've seen these. Yes, yes. Yeah. So these guys, uh-huh. the ones that just yeah, yeah, they're suck like right shark accessories. Sh- <laughs> shark dongles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah, I do. I kind of like the name shark dongle a little better, but that's okay. Yeah. The name remora literally means hindrance in Latin, and they were named this because in the 16th century people believed that these fish slowed down ships because they would sometimes attach to ships yeah they look like parasites they kind of look yeah these little hindrance that's so mean again really rude right (laughs) you you beady-eyed hindrance (laughs) hindrance (laughs) but you know so they look kind of like parasites right they Mm -hmm. look like leeches that are in the shape of a fish because they they're got like sucker suck- mouths. They got su- well, they look like they've got sucker mouths, right? Oh. And but they are actually not parasites. They provide a valuable service to the animal they've attached to. In the opinions of some biologists, other biologists say they just don't harm the the mm-hmm. uh, animal that the host animal at all, but they don't benefit it. In my opinion, it seems like they do offer some benefits. So we'll talk right. about that. But actually. It looks like they're using a big creepy sucker mouth to suck onto the to the shark, but in fact, no. They're using weird creepy sucker hats. So, remoras have evolved front dorsal fins that act as suction cups, and it looks like a weird ribbed mouth. Mm-hmm. Like here's a photo of it. Oh. 
Yeah, that is a ribbed mouth. It's totally not. It's actually a hat. So here it is on the fish oriented correctly. So this is the top of its head. Oh, and it's, it's not... just wearing this like weird ribbed suction hat. Yeah. And so when you see a remora on a shark, it's actually riding upside down with its head attached to the shark, not its mouth. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it makes them seem a lot more goofy. Like they're just like riding, like attached like, to their head going like, wee. It's like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, by attaching to sharks and whales and these other big animals using their weird suction heads, they get a free ride around the ocean. But the question is, do what do their hosts get? And this is a little bit controversial. So one of the other things that the remora gets is they get to eat parasitic copepods, which are tiny crustaceans that feed off of sharks, whales, turtles, and uh, rays. One line of thought is that, hey, this is a benefit to the sharks because they're eating the copepods, mm -hmm. the parasites. And then other others argue like, well, they eat the ones that have already fallen off of the shark. So like well, that doesn't really, they're not, really doing, anything, they're not yeah. really doing anything. I think that even if something's like fallen off of it, like it seems like it might still be a benefit because like maybe like a copepod temporarily detaches, but it could reattach, right? So I, I think on the margin, like it seems like they, that might be a slight benefit. Mm -hmm. They also eat the scraps of food that fall from the cloud of carnage that sharks and these other animals produce <laughs> while feeding. That's a little more clearly just beneficial to the remora. Although, I don't know, like maybe by cleaning up the the mess they leave behind, they attract less, less competition. Less right, right. Yeah, but it's hard to say. This is either a commensalistic relationship where the remora gets a lot of benefits and the sharks that it's hitching a ride on just doesn't affect them neither at all. harm nor neither harm yeah. nor, nor help or it's mutualistic where they're both getting something out of the relationship i think it's it like it's not completely mutualistic i think the remora gets a little more but i, th I think it might benefit the shark a little bit in my non-shark expert opinion. Yeah, no, in my readings, I think the shark can actually claim the remora as a dependent and write it off on its taxes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, there you so go. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> uh, in order to actually develop that suction hat, remoras go through a really weird puberty from their larval stage I to adult. I would say so. <laughs> so the dorsal fin migrates to the top of their head and flattens out in this symmetrical ribbed pattern and you know how I said that they're ray fin fishes? All those ribs are like the those bony uh, rays that are on their fins, but just flattened out and symmetrical. So with all those ribs and rays, you got me thinking about sweet baby <laughs> rays. Talking about sauce. Go ahead. I want my baby back, baby back. Suction hat, rib house. Eat the suction hat. And parasites. Nice. Uh, and so. The, but when they're here's the mystery, right? So when they're in their larval stage or baby fish stage, um, like they don't have the suction hat yet. So we don't actually know like how they feed, how they survive as as these teeny tiny fish. Some 
believe I know this is weasel words, but like general, like this is such a mystery that it's hard to say. Weasel but there, there's so, there's a well, weasel words is like some people say that the larval remora is a bunch of weird bastards. Right, <laughs> that's right, weasel right. words where you're like saying some people say this, um, but you're not actually. But but Providing. This, right, exactly. Right. But this is this is a theory by biologists, but it's unconfirmed, which is that maybe they uh, use they have these kind of hook teeth, like when they're in their larval stage and maybe they use that to like attach to like the gills of a shark or something mm. and hitch a ride there although we don't know um so it's hearsay hearsay i hearsay, say yes. strike it strike it from the record <laughs> as adults they reach up to one to four feet long so they're not tiny Mm-mm. so like when a shark is cruising around you can see the remoras very clearly like hitching a ride and in fact, they can develop such a close relationship with their hosts, they will become distressed if they get separated from their host, according to some of these researchers and observers. Like one such observer was saying like one remora got detached from its shark, the shark like went off without it and it was like kind of frantically swimming around and then attached itself to the the human observer like just like will you I be need my something friend? I need some contact like, it's like those people who have never not been in a relationship mm-hmm. and like haven't really developed a sense of self outside of the relationship define me please define <laughs> please me define me <laughs> pilot fish are another type of fish who love sharks rays and turtles and these fish don't actually attach themselves like the remoras, so they're slightly less clingy, but they're still relatively clingy. So you can see here's a group oh, yeah. of pilot ship just hovering around a shark like those little look shark like more groupies. of a standard fish. Yeah, yeah, they they do. They're standard fish shape. They have bold black and white stripes. <laughs> when it's excited, actually, <laughs> those bars kind of fade a little bit, and its body turns silvery with blue patches. So that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And they can be quite big, so they grow up to about two feet long. And yeah, they, they're called pilot fish because they often follow ships, uh, probably because they think the ships are a huge friend, just like they yeah. like to follow sharks and these other big uh, aquatic animals like whales huh. as well. And, and so they should call them captain fish if they're going to get like, the maritime <laughs> version. They're not flying through the air. <laughs> Just a note. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Or like first mate fish. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cabin boys of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about this relationship between sharks, whales, and these pilot fish is that the, the sharks and whales rarely feed on the pilot fish. Like observations of them actually attacking the pilot fish are basically statistically insignificant. And they seem to accept these pilot fish as little friends and so the the pilot fish do provide probably provide a nice service for them because they will go along the backs of the sharks and actually pick off parasites mm. and they will even the sharks will even allow them to pick little scraps of food from their jaws which is incredible just like yeah okay you know be my floss i guess yeah will you be my floss <laughs> Yeah, just like little. This dental is a Valentine's hygienist. Day episode. It, it's like if a if a exactly like <laughs> if a dentist just like started like hmm you got some you got some schmutz in your mouth and just like licking your teeth. Right. <laughs> but if the dentist just came up to you on the street, right, and right, did that. Want me to lick your teeth for you? Yeah, sure. Yes, why not? thank you. Where thank have you, you. been? <laughs> of course. May I call you doctor? <laughs> so there are reports that pilot fish also become very distressed when they are separated from their shark, but. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the this idea. So the, the reports are that like if a boat captures a shark, the pilot fish will follow the boat 
for weeks and it's like oh they're sad that they're mm -hmm. shark friend but remember these pilot fish just love following boats in general so i That's don't funny, necessarily yeah. think they're like no give me back my shark friend which would be sad and adorable but i think it's just like wow you're an even bigger shark yeah i love you <laughs> oh no my shark friend Ooh, a boat <laughs> and then that's the end you're of my it. friend now yeah <laughs> a bigger shark friend so one more aquatic duo i want to talk about is the urchin crabs and guess who their friends are is it urchins <gasps> Wow, how'd you do that? I uh, went to an art school for four wow, years. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Yes, every penny. <laughs> so the urchin crab or carrier crab lives in the Red Sea and East Indian Ocean. And they are best buds with the long-spined sea urchin. And they carry it around on its back like a Yoda. I love that. <laughs> so it actually only walks on its two front pairs of legs. Uh, because the back two are always used to carry the sea urchin. Oh, funny. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but just throw out like a guess why you think the crab would want a sea urchin friend. Like this is oh, a like trick question. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let How dare you put me on the spot <laughs> like that? <laughs> I just like I, I think it's it's neat because sometimes like the intuition about this is not it's like not this like tricky thing, not like mm -hmm. a convoluted thing. It's like, yeah, it's just protecting it. So here's Oh, don't worry. I'm only capable of surface level <laughs> thought. <laughs> so <laughs> So here here it is. Oh, wow. That looks like he's got two on his back. It's her. well, it's just a I, well, No, I think it's just one. That's but big. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a real big one. And what's interesting is yeah, it likes to carry these really big ones and Funny that it has to hold. Yeah, that makes sense that it has to hold it. Sea urchins are animals. Mm -hmm. They're echinoderms. Sea urchins actually can move. And the fact that it's this big one means it's probably pretty mobile for a sea urchin. And if it wanted to struggle and like get away from the crab, it could. But in fact, they're actually quite docile and they peacefully submit to being carried because while the crab gets armor from the sea urchin, the sea urchin gets a free ride. Oh, yeah. Because they're not as fast as a crab. So the crab can carry them around and they get to go to a new area to feed. And, and it's it works out for both of them really great. It's so funny that the crab does. It's like a uh, like an old man holding on to his toupee in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Just holding it on his That's head. That's a beautiful description. Thank you so much. <laughs> you may have your own little remoras hitching a ride on you without even knowing it. Demodex folliculorum and Demodex brevis are eyelash mites, microscopic mites who live on your eyelashes. They have elongated bodies with a bunch of cute little legs and claws. Sorry, is that not cute? Anyways, most adults have some eyelash mites, and for the most part, this relationship seems commensalistic, meaning the mites get a home and get to eat our dead skin cells and we get nothing, I mean grossed <laughs> out I guess. Or, if you want to think about it more positively, we get a bunch of microscopic friends, so you're never alone. <laughs> Typically, the mites cause no problems in humans, but in large quantities or for people with sensitive skin or immunodeficiencies, they can cause eye and skin irritation. But don't freak out, most of the time, you can keep mites in check by gently cleaning your eyes. Keyword, gently. You guys like baby shampoo or just water, don't go napalming your eyeballs with bleach. That'll blind you and it won't feel so good. When we return, I'm going to infest your heart with good feelings as we explore some one-of-a-kind adorable relationships between species.
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Sometimes relationships between species just happen to happen, and there's no greater pattern, just a random homeward-bound situation. Often these oddball partnerships happen in captivity. Dogs and cheetahs become friends in zoos, as zookeepers have found that affable dogs make great companions to the shy cheetah. There are countless videos of birds riding on top of dogs and cats, chickens snuggling up to kittens, cats adopting squirrels, cats and dogs kissing on the mouth. What is going on? Well, sometimes animals aren't so superficial and can see past the mere fact that they're from entirely different species. So now I'm going to talk about these these relationships don't have any like wider evolutionary significance, but they're just kind of these random oddball couples that are really cute and fascinating to kind of show that sometimes animals will act outside of their kind of prescribed path of what the animals typically do, mm-hmm. especially in weird situations. So this first one is this is a heart warmer. Uh, get those get those warm fuzzies in your heart, which aren't this time not warms, which is great. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so a baby hippo named Owen was orphaned in the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami and earthquakes, which were these devas- this huge, devastating natural disaster. It caused flooding in Malindi, Kenya. This little baby hippo lost his parents, which is very sad. Uh, he was rescued by Dr. Paula Kahumbu and the Lafarge Ecosystem Sanctuary in Mombasu, Kenya. He was also rescued by a giant tortoise, emotionally rescued. So Z is a 130-year-old male tortoise who also lives at the 
sanctuary. And when Owen was placed in the sanctuary park, he immediately ran over to the tortoise and huddled next to him like hippos generally do with their mothers. And at first the tortoise was kind of confused, but then he grew to tolerate and even show affection towards the baby hippo. And the baby hippo would nuzzle the tortoise and the tortoise would kind of head bump the hippo. And like it developed to the point where the baby hippo Owen would just kind of nudge the tortoise and the tortoise would follow the hippo around. And it's really interesting because it's not too surprising to me that the hippo would see this tortoise and it's orphan and it just sees this shape, mm-hmm. this gray kind of blobby shape. Aesthetically, and be like, You're it's You're my similar. new mom. Yeah. I mean, not that close, but close enough. No, no, of course. Yeah. 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 And, but what's I so can't su- <laughs> tell the difference between tortoises and hippos. But it, it's so surprising to me that the tortoise is just like, yeah, all right, I'll be your mom. <laughs> right, right. Sure, why not? Yeah, you you can be my son now. <laughs> they do seem like like more agreeable yeah. animals, tortoises. Yeah, they are they are very gentle generally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is it is it's like oh, it's like in you know Kung Fu Panda where where it's like the duck and the panda like this huge huge panda and this little little duck. I mean, to- the giant tortoise was initially about the same size, but as the hippo gets bigger, it's yeah. Kind of, gonna dwarf the tortoise but it is yeah it's a i don't know it's just really heartwarming i guess some the show is often filled with horrible things (laughs) eating each other um you know but this time there's no twist it's just really heartwarming yeah can tortoises can they go into their shells or are they too big well so are there worms they so giant tortoises um don't really like tuck completely in their shells like box turtles can do but you know i mean the shell does provide them some protection they Mm -hmm. can kind of like tuck a little bit in but they don't it's not like you know in the cartoons where it's just like zoop and then they're gone yeah yeah they're they're too meaty for that right yeah that makes sense and what are their predators like just you know actually i would say they don't have too many predators because they're pretty big because in my mind they don't have many predators like yeah i don't think they would so they live uh, in on the islands of the Western Indian Ocean and also the Galapagos. Mm-hmm. On the Galapagos, I believe they don't have any. No, no. There's like there's not there's no big predators mm-hmm. that would be large enough to eat them. Now I don't. Let me check about the. Um, this is a very good question. So on the the Western Indian Ocean islands again, I would guess that there probably aren't any big predators there either. Right. Um. So they might not have, at least as adults, they might not have any natural predators Mm -hmm. as like little baby tortoises, like probably birds would try to eat them. But But if they turn like 10, it's like, all right, you're going (laughs) to live until you're 3,000 years old. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. 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 I I don't think they do. Like the adults have no natural predators. So yeah, that that does kind of make sense. Then like it sees this hippo bounding towards it and it's like... All right, what what's this about? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I don't know this. What is this? Is this well, a few of my buddies stacked on top of each other? Yeah. Again, I, I like it's sort of like the badger coyote dynamic mm-hmm. of like this excitable baby hippo and this like a hundred thirty year old tortoise who's like old and grouchy. Oh, it's like an up. You know how the, the yeah. old guy <laughs> makes friend with the little the Kevin? little boy scout? Oh yeah. No, oh, Kevin's yeah. the bird, I right. think. Who's the boy scout's name? I don't remember. Little boy scout. Oh, and the hippo. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> the, the hippo. name of the little boy. <laughs> Oh, that's mean. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so so it, it, it's just like this excitable little hippo being like, hello, sir, would you like to be my new mommy? And it's like, 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll be your mommy. Of <laughs> yeah, course. all right. Oh, boy, let's go on an adventure together, please. And the turtle's like, all righty there, Speedy, let's go. It's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, because to him, a hippo's Speedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, spe- hippos, truthfully, are they can they sprint, can book right? it. They mm-hmm. can run very quickly. Don't let their massive size fool you. Most of that size is pure muscle. They can destroy you and run very fast. Yeah. <laughs> so now on to another cute adoption. So uh, there's a story of a Dalmatian adopting a lamb, but here's the twist: the lamb had Dalmatian spots. Uh-huh. So there's a rare sort of coloration for a lamb where it actually <laughs> forms these black and w- white patches. And it looks like a Dalmatian's coloring, but it's a lamb. Mm -hmm. And so there's a farm in Australia where this lamb was born and it was orphaned. I I couldn't find out whether its mother died or sometimes the mother will just reject the lamb for who knows what. Like, you're you're a little freak. Get out of here. (laughs) Weirdo. Weirdo. But the lamb really lucked out because it was born on a freaking Dalmatian breeder's farm. So, so cute. Uh, the lamb was paired up with a female Dalmatian who was in season, meaning it, it could give uh, it could get pregnant like when they're in heat in estrus. Um, so like I guess it's like mom hormones were going off. And it was like, yeah, I'll have a baby lamb. I love it. <laughs> and so the Dalmatian follows the lamb around, licking it incessantly, licking its face and butt and just doting on it just totally loving it let me show you the video of it it's very very cute now i i'm not going to play the sound on this but most of the video sound is just the sound of the dog tongue lapping and going like (laughs) 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 but it is Look, it has like the same color. I yeah, mean, like its legs it, are it, black. From a distance, yeah. it's like okay, here's a normal Dalmatian, and right. it's puppy, and it's and then you take a closer look, and you're like, well, that's a weird shaped puppy, and then you get real close, and it's, that's a lamb. That's not a puppy at all. Wait a minute, but it's so cute. Look at it. He just Aww. she just loves this this little lamb to bits. It's that lamb, by adorable. the way, was a pyromaniac, and then the Dalmatian <laughs> reformed it, and now they fight fires together. <laughs> I love this story i like the backstory you gave it like i was j- rejected by my sheep community it's like well why is that i started fires it started fires oh <laughs> you know that big fire in australia <laughs> that was me well we don't like fires here either <laughs> oh it's getting milk god uh, that dog loves that lamb it seems like the other dogs loves- do too yeah i mean like dogs are you know great <laughs> yeah <the> dogs <laughs> they, are awesome they they often will adopt other animals they just have so much love to give but yeah it is i mean probably also because this female dog has accepted the lamb as her her baby the other dogs are like yeah all right it's your baby sure why not they're they're really yes anding the dog yes, here yes yes <laughs> <laughs> and um, one more really cute story of now this one it's not clear whether it's adopting from a young age or if they have just kind of accepted this uh, in, this individual into their group but marine researchers found a bottlenose dolphin with a spinal deformity which had been taken in by a group of sperm whales. Hmm. So dolphins and sperm whales are not natural friends. And the dolphin that was seen with these sperm whales had a C-shaped spine. So like... um Oh, crazy. Yeah. So due to what they guess is a congenital deformity, and it was observed with a group of sperm whales, and they were just affectionately nuzzling each other. The sperm whales seemed chill with it. 
And uh, it's hard to say exactly the nature of this relationship because it was a rather quick observation. Like they didn't, they weren't able to follow them over a matter of weeks or anything like that. So it's hard to, you know, say as a matter of fact, like, yes, they are all friends now. And, you know, it could be a brief interaction, but it, the bottlenose dolphin was definitely not anywhere near a pod of dolphins. Mm-hmm. So the speculation is that it is has found this group of sperm whales and has either insinuated itself in their midst and is like, I'm your friend now, or they've accepted the, the dolphin as a friend, which is, it, it's unusual. Because sperm whales don't even, they don't hang out in the same part of the ocean. No, right? Don't they dive deep? Or well, am I wrong No, there? no, I mean, they do need, they do kind of occupy, yeah, they occupy similar strata, but they, they, it is true that they aren't in the same pace as dolphins. They, they do dive deep and then they come up and surface and dive mm-hmm. deep again. But like the, the dolphins move much quicker than the sperm whales and the, but this dolphin, because of the spinal malformation, probably can't move as fast as other dolphins and either it was rejected by its group because of its looks or maybe it just wasn't fast enough to keep up which is really heartbreaking but uh you know dolphins can kind of be bullies like they can bully an individual that they just don't like they don't accept in their pod which is mm-hmm. really clickish Get do it? they murder or am yeah, I wrong? They, they can yeah no they they can attack each other mm-hmm. they certainly murder <laughs> animals to eat yeah but um, like each other like yeah, I mean, they they can kind of fight each other. Yeah, like rival pods will fight each other. Uh, I don't know how efficacious they are at mm-hmm. murdering each other, but yeah, they 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 do fight. Um, right. And I think I would say, yeah, they probably can occasionally murder, but mo- most likely they just like bullied this dolphin until it left uh, or just swam fast and it was like ditched him. Well, now he has cooler friends. Right, exactly. Yeah. That are less clickish. You missed that pun the first time, so I had to do it again because dolphins click. Uh, of course. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it is. It is really. It, it's it's fascinating. For the most part, sperm whales kind of probably avoid dolphins because a pod of dolphins could attack like a, a baby sperm whale, and they don't want anything to do with that. And so, but yeah, I mean, this little guy. It's like maybe they're just they recognize him. They they're like, you look like a weird weird calf. All right, you can join us. <laughs> So it's it's a weird calf. Yeah, you, I, well, a calf, a calf is a baby whale. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I didn't mean it like the part of a life. You look like an odd female. You look like a weird cow. Come on uh, and yeah. join us. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, maybe they or it's just like so insistently trying to find friends that they're just accepting it as their friend, or it's just a brief interaction and then they go back to. In the, no, no, I won't accept that. Yeah, actually. Let's, let's go no, positive. Screw that. Screw that. They're all best friends. Mm-hmm. They formed a group called like the Misfits. No, no, that's a band. What's a good name for like a group? Of, uh, oh, the Ramones. The Ramones. Okay, no. Like, the no, because they moan. The like, <laughs> like, uh, the Ramoras. Yes, yes, the Ramoras. <laughs> <laughs> but just like like the oddball, like, like hey, we're. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee you there could easily be a t shirt like, yeah. of a Ramora on it, like but the Ramones style t shirt. <laughs> And like three people mm-hmm. would enjoy wearing. It. <laughs> if you're the three people who would enjoy wearing that shirt, let me know. Yeah, make that shirt. Um, <laughs> who is this for? <laughs> so I want to cap off the show and our stories of adoption to update 
Uh, so we got a koala update. I'm yes. going to play the koala update sound here. Koala update. A few weeks ago, we talked about the fires in Australia. I talked about some places that you can donate to, and I had everyone vote on a koala for uh, us at the show to adopt. And you guys voted, and you voted for Oxley Twinkles, the koala. And I, ha- it is official now. I have adopted Oxley Twinkles. She Congratulations. Is- Thank you. She is my koala daughter. <laughs> Apparently, what happens with a koala adoption is you don't actually, like, get the koala. Like, they don't send you the koala. It's just kind of... like dry eyes. Right, exactly. <laughs> what happens is the koala, like occasionally calls me up and asks for money um, and like it's like yeah I need some money for gas and it's like yeah okay I mean you are my daughter now like and you I, have to use I, it on gas this right, time right right I want to see the receipt from the gas station like and don't give me a receipt from a gas station and you've crossed out all the booze and sharpie out, like, like I know yeah. look I was a young koala once too I've done all the tricks so I know it I know it but yeah so so Ox, Oxley Twinkles koala daughter of the podcast um, I, I want <laughs> to talk to you or, or tell you about like the description of Oxley Twinkles from the Koala Hospital website. Did you um, get a velvet worm with that? Did it come with a velvet worm no, or no? Sadly, You're still on I'm that? still working on that. I oh oh that's thank you for reminding me because like time. guys, please t- tell give me the website or number or address of a like an insect or not insect sorry but like an invertebrate. Uh, rescue organization because I desperately want to adopt a velvet worm. Now, I understand. I wouldn't blindly click on those (laughs) links, by the way. (laughs) I understand that probably by adopting a velvet worm, again, like the koala situation, it's going to be a long distance relationship. I accept that. But I do want to at least in name adopt a velvet worm (laughs) or at least uh, sort of signal boost an invertebrate rescue organization or probably more likely it would be an invertebrate conservation organization that um, uses the money to research how to help with uh, invertebrate conservation. Um, So yeah, like if you have a good one or you are part of a group, send me, you can (laughs) contact me through Twitter and stuff, but you can also, if you want, send me an email, creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. Also, if you just want to send me an animal story or a picture of your cat, I love it. So Oxley Twinkles, uh, here's the here's her story is that she came in with her mother, Oxley Kaylee, who got, I think, hit by a car, but the mother survived, as did the Joey, and it was taken in by the koala hospital. And this little Joey, they said, like, her Joey with the big fluffy ears, we christened Oxley Twinkles as she was such a bright, alert, lively little koala, just like a twinkling star. Aww. My daughter is a star. She is, of course. <laughs> She's very lucky. Yes. So it's it's wonderful. And if you guys want to throw some more bucks at Oxley Twinkles way, honestly, any here's here's me talking out of character for a moment any donation you give to them like any koala you adopt it just goes towards the koala hospital in general Mm -hmm. and the great work that they do so that's uh koalahospital.org.au i'll I'll include that link in the show notes as well i also got a message from tom rogers of the potoru palace sanctuary in new south wales australia who sent me a gorgeous photo of a rescued koala named sapphire and her baby joey and uh you know i'm gonna post 
those to the social medias. And he wrote to me that they had to evacuate the animals in the sanctuary during the height of the uh, New South Wales fires, which was really stressful for the animals and I imagine the rescuers too. So thank you so much, Tom Rogers, and everyone who works at the Puderu Palace for all the hard work you do and honestly heroic things you do for these animals. Definitely check out their website. I'll also include a link to it in the show notes. It's called PuderuPalace.com. And I'm not sure if they're open right now. You could check. But if you live near New South Wales, Australia, you can visit their sanctuary and help feed the animals. So cool. And then what was the the one near L.A.? Could you? Uh, Animal Tracks. Animal Tracks. And then there's another great one near L.A. uh, in... Um, Lake Arrowhead called Wild Haven. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Wild Haven's amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah, uh, shout out to all those groups. That's that's incredible. I, I am definitely going to go check out Animal Tracks. That sounds incredible. It's great. Got anything to plug? BlakeWexler.com, at BlakeWexler on social media. And then um, I'm headlining the uh, Arcade Comedy Theater in Pittsburgh on February 27th. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. It'll be fun. You can find us on Instagram at Creature Feature Pod, on Twitter at Creature Feet Pod. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. <laughs> you can find me at Katie Golden on Twitter. I am, as always, I am at Pro Bird Rights, where I fight for the rights of birds to completely dominate us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and. I wish you luck with that endeavor. (laughs) Look, I think that a partnership between birds and humans can only lead to honey and success, but mostly we should just worship birds. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you, again, like if you want to reach out to me, definitely shoot me an email at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com if you've got any cool animal conservation stories, any cool resources you want me to give a shout out, or pictures of your dang cats and dogs or birds or whatever. Thanks for the Space Cossacks for their super groovy song, Exalumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like this, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Nerd Wallet. Finance smarter. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.